0: Hello, family. My name is Ryan Tecquero, and, and I love you all, by golly. Whew. Welcome, everybody. It's so great to see your faces. Um, that's the last time I'm going to say that. Um, I got wrecked this morning, you guys, in worship. Holy Spirit is alive and active in our body. He wants so much more for us than we could ever think or imagine. It's one thing to um, have our walk. A lot of us are introverted by not. I wouldn't guess that many of us would want to come up here and share a message. And I honestly would, is, are one of those. But I do also know that our yes is an invitation to God's more, right? As Pastor says, so... Um, consistently, and it's so true, that I am here right now because God has chosen me to be here, and my yes is inviting more of him. Same with all of you. You aren't here by accident. You are here for purpose. You are a royal priesthood, and God wants to do a mighty work through every single one of you. Um, So, hey, look what I got. We have an amazing pastor. We have an apostolic pastor who's an evangelist, who's a love slug, and he's also an author. This guy, let me tell you what, um, I love him with all my heart. He's a great mentor. He's a great leader. And he has put together a daily devotional. I shouldn't say a daily, a weekly. I would call it a weekly devotional. I don't think you want to rush through something like this. I believe that all not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. you, you agree with that? So, as God has blessed us with your presence here today, we would like to bless you with a copy of Pastor Jacob Wallace's 13 Challenges to Fuel Your Walk with God. So, who gets this? Is there anybody with a birthday last week? Sean's, oh, it's birthday today. Well, that trumps last week, Gene. I apologize. Reggie, help me out. Will you give us to Sean, the young man in the back there sitting in the chair? Happy birthday Sean. Sean's a classmate of mine. Yeah, we graduated backpack of the day at Holman High School, 1907. 1997. Let's go. 1907. That's right. Let's let's go. <laughs> okay, so we continue our journey through the book of James this morning. And I get to follow, I have the pleasure of following um, both Mario, Nicole, and Pastor Jake, Pastor Mario, Nicole, and Pastor Jake, I'm sorry, Pastor Steve, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically lift off where Pastor Steve um, left off, right, James 4, we are, does everybody have their Bibles, do I need to give you guys a second to open up to that, let's dig into this word, I hope you guys bought your scuba, because we're going deep, <laughs> right, <laughs> so James chapter 4, here, I'll get to it too, let's do that, He continues in his letter to the scattered tribes among the nations in chapter four with a question. So, let us read how he starts. Chapter four, verses one and two. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. He highlights the battle within us, our desires, and to be more exact, our our fleshly desires. And the one thing I love about this word, the many things I love about this word, but the word is Jesus, and every time we open it up, we get to spend time with him, yeah? And the one thing that makes this true, solidifyingly makes this word true, is itself. This word continues to confirm itself. And as I got through the first two verses, as I'm opening this up to begin this message, I get drawn immediately to other portions of Scripture. So he's talking about the battle within us with our fleshly desires. Um, And I would like for you to come with me now to Romans 8, please. hear the pages turning. hear the fingers swiping. Technology's good. I like books because I can write in them. Wouldn't that be sweet if we could write in our phones and keep notes? I, maybe you can do that. I can not do that in mine. I'm a little behind the time. You can? Awesome. Sweet. Let's go. So, uh, Romans 8 is probably the most uh, highlighted chapter in my Bible. And we're going to just look at verses 5 through 8. Romans 8 chapters 5, or chapters 8, 5 through 8. Is everybody there? All right. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. Selfishness puts our fleshly pleasure, what did I put that? Selfishness puts pleasuring our flesh, which lasts for just but a season. It puts that over pleasing our heavenly father, right? and pleasing our heavenly father leads to an abundant life that he promises us, you know, in John 10. So Adam and Eve kicked this off for us, didn't they? They had a choice and they chose to eat from that apple. And now we're currently passing through the repercussion of that, this fallen and broken world where fear and lack, they want to um, vie for our attention, right? and everything has to be fair, and then there's turmoil inside of us. I have a, an old alarm clock radio. Um, maybe you guys are familiar. It's rectangle, it's brown. Dial the AM FM on the side with the volume and then a big long snooze button on the top, right? I had it since high school. You know, I didn't have a phone to wake me up in high school. I, I had that thing. And now it is my bathroom piece that whenever I hop in the shower, it's got this sweet technology where you hit this sleep button. And then it just turns on automatically. I do my shower, and then I hit the snooze button, and it turns it off. You know, it's not hands-free, but pretty close. So one day, I hit that button, and I jump in the shower, and it dawns on me that there's two stations. The dial is in between two stations. So I'm hearing, I think, some classic rockish, very staticky, and I typically listen to Praise Network, right? So there's two stations being played at the same time, and I thought, this will preach. There are two things vying for my attention right now. And that's what Paul is talking about here. We are being drawn to compel and, and indulge in our flesh while Holy Spirit is longing for us to live through the lens of the Spirit. And until we can figure out the latter, until we can, I mean, I'll get into this. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I gotta slow down a little bit. But until we can submit to god's lordship over our life and understand that he wants better for us than we can imagine that is when this these this battle inside of us is going to restrain not maybe that's not the right word refrain there's a better word (laughs) let's go all right uh let's see parents in the room you can attest to this (laughs) i have daughters they're three years apart and my goodness, if things aren't 100% fair, the, the, the fight and the, the, just the, the peace leaves the house, and balance needs to be made immediately, because why can she and dad, it's always this way. And I feel, as an adult, I can remember feeling like that too. And don't get me wrong, I guess I still feel like that sometimes too, but I've learned to curb it better. I have assistance. Another example is two Two, two people, same scenario, will react in a completely different way. You're driving down the road, and you get cut off. Your flesh wants to get irritated and angry and mad and, and let the, old, the other dude know, you know, what, what do you, who do you think you are, right? Cutting me off like this, dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And then you just get angry. Where if you were to look through a spirit lens, and some people have that much better than others, you know, that you can come into a, to a place of gratitude, like, whew, that was close, I almost got in an accident. Right? There's a different way you can respond and react to that. Um, Andrea Palm had a wonderful word for, this, th- for the youth one day um, while she was leading worship, and she said that the secular study was done um, looking at the brainwaves that anxiety and things of the like cannot coexist while we are giving gratitude. Absolutely. That was a study done. So while you can openly give gratitude where maybe you should otherwise be angry, you have all the right to be angry, Right? But you don't have to be angry. That's a choice that we make. We can give thanks in that situation, and everything that wants to eat at us in our fleshly mind and our fleshly will has to stop because of our gratitude. I think that's a beautiful thing. God is a wonderful designer. Uh So So what does this mean? So what does this mean to not, you know, it's our desires. Are we not supposed to have the things that we want? It's a great question. Um, Are we not allowed, I should say, to have the things that we want? So continue with your scuba. We're going to go deeper. Turn with me now to Psalm 37. The wonderful psalmist. I'm just going to read a few verses here. Psalm 37, starting in one. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we delight ourselves in God and we find our greatest satisfaction in his pl- purposes for us, God himself places his desires in us. And not only does he place his desires within our hearts, he fulfills them. Yes. Think of that. Uh, do, do, do. Where was I? He will make, and what will he do with it, right? Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. What will he do? He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. I don't know if you guys have had the, 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 that coworker who's just always angry, not a morning person, not an afternoon person, um, just doesn't like to be where he's at. And it's, it can be tiresome and, and wearisome to, to work with somebody like that, but they do exist. And the only Bible that that person might ever be seeing is you. So here is a wonderful little equation that if we put God first in everything we do, if we make him the Lord of our life, if we submit to him, it says here that he will make um, he will make our righteous reward shine like the dawn. So as we see that person in the morning, we will be the first light that they see. Way real. He will make Our righteous reward shine like the dawn, and then it says, "Your vindication like the noonday sun." In uh, other verses, another translations, it says that our He will bring justice to our cause. So I, I I hearken to that because while it's God's plan, He chose us. It says He will bring justice to our cause. He's choosing to work through us. He can do anything He wants. But the complete gentleman that he is isn't going to do anything we don't allow him. That's the God that we serve. So let's go back to... Oh, it sounds great, right? The noonday sun is bright, and so to have that, you can't avoid it. I have a friend who... Um, Pastor Steve went in to have some work done at this guy's company, and he just couldn't, he couldn't deny the presence of our Heavenly Father as Pastor Steve walked in. And you know why that is? Not because he's someone special, even though he is, right? It's because he carries the anointing. He carries the Father with him. He loves the Lord his God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I'm just using him as an example because I know that many of us, if not all of us, do that daily, weekly, whenever we're called to. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So my friend who comes to me says, I met your Pastor Steve, and whoa, you know, and pastor didn't go in there and say, thou shalt, you know, and just start get all Bible thumpy on him. No, he just went in and carried the presence. God does it. He uses us. It's beautiful. So sounds good, right? So we do it. We commit. We commit to um, having the Lord our God and, excuse me, let me get to back to, let's go back to James. James. Sorry, that crunch was loud. It's almost gone, then I'll stop messing with it. First two verses, we're we're making headway. He continues, You do not have, verse two continues, You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So we tried to commit. So we try to do, and we ask our Father, and we commit kind of like how I used to commit when I wanted to get a gym membership, right? (laughs) I like the sounds of it, the aftermath, well, it's going to happen after the membership. I'm going to, yeah, Nathan, Nathan commits to that, right? I, I would for, you know, by year membership, after month three, life gets in the way. I get tired. I get distracted. Something comes up. Just the busyness, busyness of life gets in the way for me to stay the course. And I think that happens with us, too, as we try to uh, commit ourselves to the Lord. Right. Circumstance hurdles us, trips us up, and then we get distracted, and, and, and then our flesh starts to override our spirit, and then the turmoil of it all happens all over again. Yeah. So, what, so what does James say about this? In verse 4, he goes on, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with against God? You know, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us. You adulterous people. Thank you, Pastor Jake, for never throwing it in my face that heavy. (laughs) Right? James isn't holding anything back. He's understanding, he's frustrated. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. He lets them have it, saying that as we succumb to our fleshly desire, as we put aside the Holy Spirit, we put aside grace, and we succumb to the, uh, our fleshly desire, we're essentially—and this is the this is the vision that I got in my hands. So forgive me if it's crass—that we are grabbing hands with that stinky devil. And we are skipping down the road, just having a Yale time. Hey, buddy, isn't this, this great? And everybody else thinks it's great, too, because they're doing the same thing, blinded by these pleasures that are going to lead to death. It's unfortunate how much of an um, influence that little liar has. And, it may, and then we, we, we're in a world that people think that it's okay to do these things. And I don't need to know them, because right in your head, you're thinking of something right away, and that's it. The world is calling evil good and good evil. God longs for us, it continues to say here in verse 5. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell within us? Our father longs for us. I think about the, t- the the headaches that I gave my earthly parents, <laughs> and you know they're my earthly parents. So how much more am I long suffering? Some of the um, some of the word says of patience, they call it long suffering. Of our heavenly Father who art in heaven, hallowed be His name. So we're not supposed to love the world. But God loved the world, didn't he? God so loved the world that he gave his only son to us, that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life and not perish. Family, I know that life is busy, and I know that it may not seem fair at times, but stay the course. And our God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is, at, that is at work within us. You'll find that verse in Ephesians. We can sit and read that and be like, God can do more than we can imagine or think. But we have to finish that verse. It's from the, wor- from the power that he put within us. My goodness, the, the, the part we have to play, when that revelation comes inside of you, you don't have to sit by the wayside and just wait for the sweet by and by. We are eternity now, heaven on earth, right? On earth as it is in heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. As a believer of Jesus, we aren't called to come fill a pew. That's not our calling. Our calling is to stand up against that which um, wants to go against the truth and to go against purity. And we don't do it in our own strength. We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit who, Christ, who God put inside of us. That's how that happens. We don't need to worry about being tired because it's not in our strength and not in our effort. It's by a heavenly father who called us and decreed, maybe not mandated. There's the word. I like that word, mandated. We have have an obligation. We have a part to play in this. So don't get sidelined by being petty. Rise above and know that you know that you are royalty that you are a child of the Most High. Amen. And what does he do? Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6, but he gives us more grace. Oh, thank you, Father, for grace. Yes. It says we're we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Yes. We're not in this to be perfect. Right. We're in this to be obedient. Yeah, that's, right. that's success. That's, that's, right. that's what honors the Father. We don't honor the Father by doing what we think we can do. Is that faith? We honor the Father by doing what he asks us to do. That's walking in faith. Warning. When's the last time, so just recently I was driving down the road and a gentleman coming the opposite way was flashing his lights at me. And I ain't seen that in a minute. You guys know what that means when somebody does that? There's this, there's just there's a speed trap, you know. He's warning us that, hey, man, there's authorities over there. You better slow down a little bit. And I'm not a speeder, so I didn't have to worry too much, but I just never seen that in a minute. So I'm driving, and sure enough, you know, up over the hill, he, he wasn't doing it where the cop could see him. You know, just right over the hill, there's an officer doing his job, protecting the roads, bless him. And uh, I, I caught the warning. James gives us a warning here. God opposes the proud, continuing in verse 6. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So a warning and then a whatever that, what do you call the shows favor to humble. <clears throat> the warning is don't be prideful. It opposes the pride. We don't, I'm not up here because I want to show you guys how much I love Jesus. I'm not up here because I feel like I'm called to be a pastor and look at me. That's not it at all. If that's what I'm doing, if that's what you guys are seeing, I'm missing the mark huge. I want Holy Spirit, and I know that he is, I know that he is, uh, to just use this mouthpiece to, to echo heaven into your ears. And may they be deposited and rest in your hearts. The second part of that with shows favor to the humble. We have to understand humility. Too many times, you know, if pastor were to ask me if I wanted to preach, I could be humble and say, oh, you know, there's somebody better than me. I can, there's so many people in here, pastor, I don't want to do that. That's not humility. Um, I don't know if it's false humility, but that's not humility. Humility is accepting the challenge, but doing it with love. That's good, man. That's right. Right? We understand that we're called. We don't do it for anything other than a heavenly agenda. And that is love, because God is love. We face the assignment with love. So, although we're tired, we have a Savior who gives us his yoke. It talks in Matthew that if anybody who is weary to come to me, and I will give you rest. I... We'll, he says to take my yoke and learn from me, because he is gentle in heart, gentle and humble in heart, and um, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So we can take that and enter into that rest. I dug a little bit more into it, and a yoke is something that a farmer would put on an animal, on a second animal, yoke two animals together so that the, ta- the taxing work wouldn't be so heavy. Jesus is inviting us to enter into his rest in this, to partner with him, to just say yes and go along for the ride. Jesus and I make the majority, and if that mountain needs to be moved and he's telling me to move it, I'm going to lasso around that and just simply walk without any effort of my, my own, and if it's God's will, that mountain is going to be moved. It can't stop. God is the God of impossible. 100%. And this brings me now to bring the power to the one-two punch. Pastor Steve alluded to um, this verse last week. James 4, 7. The one-two punch. And I like that. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit. What does that word mean? It means to accept, according to our dictionary, accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority of another person. I'm almost a wrestler. I watch MMA. MMA. I see people submit because of pain. And I'm here to let you know that sometimes it takes rock bottom for us to realize that we need to change. We need something else. And, you know, I was, I was one of those. And if you haven't hit rock bottom, don't, you don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for that excruciating pain to understand that there is something so much bigger than yourself that wants to lead you into green pastures and just rivers of living water. When I first sat down with this message, well, let me read verse 8 first. Come near to God, and he will will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. When I first sat down with this message, I felt the Lord wanting me to address this, address the, the heart of the matter, right? It's been a topic that I use pretty regularly with my youth boys at, in, over in Legacy Youth, that it's always a matter of our heart. Things bother us that shouldn't bother us. Things, we want things that we shouldn't want. And it's all in where our heart is. It's all in where our attention is first. Right, Wherever we're focusing our attention, the lens to our heart are our eyeballs. Right, Wherever we're focusing our attention is what's going to be deposited into our heart, is what's going to be coming out of our mouth. And Pastor Steve did a wonderful job of letting us know how important the words that come out of our mouth are. That's going to enter into our reality. That's not mumbo-jumbo, kooky-spooky. That is real. If you are a person who talks down about yourself and I'm always this or I'm always that or it's never going to this, I challenge you right now. Make it a point to bite your tongue and say opposite of what you naturally want to say. Speak life over yourself. Dig into this word and speak this word over yourself and watch the fruit. Watch it multiply. It's so good. The secret is to not keep it a secret. So here I are spilling beans. Yeah. <clears throat> God gives us a new heart. Talks about a circumcision of the heart. Turning a heart of stone to flesh. A lot of this I believe is kind of, it, it alludes to a bitterness, an unforgiveness. We grow up in circumstances, we grow up where people do things that they should not have done and that is not okay. I'm not saying that wrong is right at all but i am saying that god is a creator of new things and that is who you are and that is who he is inside of you <clears throat> my prayer every my prayer early in my walk was for god to change me from the inside out <clears throat> to make my heart his home that's our prayer right that i would see as he sees And that people would see him in me. I was 33 when I got saved and born again. So a little bit older than maybe some of you. Um, So as a, maybe it came to me quick. I'm I'm not sure why it got downloaded so fast. And actually, I do know why. Because I said yes every time. Life group, yes. Serving, yes. Do this, yes. Teach a Bible study. What, I've been here a week. You sure you want me to do that? You know, (laughs) yes. And that's where growth happened in my dirt because <clears throat> I was willing to let myself go for him. That was and, that, and now that I'm, this came to me as I was putting this together that was that prayer of mine for people to see him in me and for me to see as he sees and for him to change me from the inside out That's his desire that became mine. And I'm nobody special. Any more special than you, I should say. I am his favorite, though. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So that's how that works. I just said yes and I submitted and I wanted more of him, and through all of that, his desire became my desire. It's that simple. And we can complicate the ever-jazz out of it, but we'll come back to the drawing board, and it starts right here with our yes. Verse 9. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble your, oh, Grieve, mourn, and wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, that doesn't sound very good, does it? So it took a second. Holy, I was stubborn. It took a second. Holy Spirit come in, and he says, Ryan... I'm not asking you to be a lump on the log. I'm letting you know that what you once sought is no longer the joy that you need to seek. What used to make you happy and joyful is now going to make you sad. Like, how did I used to find joy in that? I look back at what I used to find joy in, my Friday-to-Friday living, you know, just Monday and get through the work week so I can live for the weekend. That's a sad life to live, right? Right? So I no longer find joy in that. I, it, it hurts. Um, when I When I see my loved ones who go through that. Continuing. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I will stand here and tell you an experience that there's no better place to be than lifted up by the Lord. I got wrecked this morning in in worship. I don't know what was going on. I thought I was ready. I thought things were going to be good. My daughter prayed over me. What a powerful prayer she is. Um, Welcome to our online guest. She said to the 200 people that are going to be listening. I'm not sure there's 200 in here, so that means that there's a pile of people online checking this out. Right? God answers my daughter's prayers. I don't know where I got this from, but it was written in my book, and it's perfect for now. Routine, we sung it this morning, routine without surrender is only religion. If we're just going through the motions without surrendering any part of ourself, we are simply just checking a list off a box, checking a box off a list. Tar- the target is always surrender. A humble heart is the perfect setting for Holy Spirit to do His work. It goes on to talk in here about not judging. This was a verse that slapped me in the face when in the beginning in Matthew, where He talks about, "Hey, Ryan, do not you take that plank out of your eye before you start to try to remove the speck from your brother's eye?" Like, oh my goodness, who am I? We only have one judge, amen? And he is, he is just and he is capable. So we just, I, I joyfully leave that to his business. I want to close with verse 14. Perspective. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's only true in the sense if we want to we w- we ignore the Spirit. If we live fully for our fleshly desire, we will be here and gone in the blink of an eye. Everything we work for, moth and rust will ruin, and the thief can steal. There's no fruit in that. We are not physical beings having spiritual experiences. You heard this? We are spiritual beings currently having a physical experience. Be led from that. See through that lens. It's not going to be easy but you're never going to be alone. <clears throat> Remain in him. Abide in him and may you see the fruit of a divine nature. The greatest two commandments, when asked, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. When we're put, getting put in that Jesus armbar, <laughs> and it's, it's time to submit, it doesn't need to be painful. It's not going to be painful. That yes breaks the barrier of your doubt, of your pain, of your shame, of your guilt. And then what happens next? The world becomes color. You get to see in 4K. If I don't even, is there better than that? I don't even know as far as TV's go, It's just a clear picture. It's a clear and beautiful picture of what God's will for your life is. That Adam and Eve never ate from that fruit, but you will, you will have perfect and wonderful fellowship with me all the days of your life. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we need to understand that by doing that, it isn't by not doing It's by doing. It doesn't say don't do that to them if you don't want them to do that to you. He says do to them what you want them to do to you. And golly, is that inconvenient. But leads to the greatest reward.